We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lori Daybell's attorney, Mark Means, is coming out swinging again, and he is riled right up. Before I begin, hit that subscribe button, hit that like, and share it out where you can. Now, let's get into it. First, there's a new lawyer assigned to Lori. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Corey Daybell's case. He's a death penalty certified attorney and has represented several high-profile clients in death penalty cases. His name is James Archibald. It hasn't been announced yet if the prosecution is seeking the death penalty for Lori yet. And we will find out sometime this week if Lori is deemed competent or not. If she is deemed competent, then it's business as usual and court will proceed. If she's not, then she will go back to her restorative treatment for 180 days and then we'll go from there. Now, according to Idaho law, the judge must appoint two death penalty certified attorneys to indigent defendants. And we know that Lori has been deemed indigent back on May 21st of this year. But the judge is keeping Mark Means as co-counsel with Mr. Archibald. Now we know Mark isn't a death penalty certified attorney. Chad Daybell hasn't had anyone assigned to him yet. Lori has the right to waive death penalty certified counsel. And Sam Newton, who is an experienced death penalty attorney and he's also an associate professor at the University of Idaho College of Law, said this about the case when he was interviewed. He said, what the judge is saying here to Mr. Means is there is the possibility that Lori Vallow could waive that requirement for Mr. Means. We'll appoint one attorney that meets those requirements. If Lori Vallow's competency is restored, we will deal with that then. And speaking of death penalty, it was recently announced that the Fremont County prosecutors are seeking the death penalty for Chad Daybell. As I said, it hasn't been announced yet for Lori. Now, the prosecution stated several reasons Chad's case is eligible for the death penalty. And it said that the alleged murders are, number one, committed for remuneration, which is financial gain. Number two, the alleged murders were especially heinous, atrocious, cruel, or manifesting exceptional depravity. Three, the defendant exhibited an utter disregard for human life. And four, the defendant has exhibited a propensity to commit murder and will probably constitute a continuing threat to society. Now, there was a statement issued by the prosecution regarding the death penalty and they said this. Today we filed our notice of intention to seek the death penalty against Chad Daybell. Our process in making this determination was lengthy and comprehensive. We conferred with those immediate family members of JJ Vallow, Tylee Ryan, and Tammy Daybell who have indicated a willingness to speak with us and allow them an opportunity to provide their input if they wish to do so. The ultimate decision to seek capital punishment rests with the state and after completing the entire process, we determined that the nature and magnitude of these crimes warrant the possibility 
possibility of the highest possible punishment. Now, Chad's due for a pretrial hearing on September the 30th, and also his trial is set for November 8th, but that can change depending on what happens with Lori and her status. Let me know your thoughts about Chad facing the death penalty in the comments below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now, back to Mark Means. Mark is on a motion spree of sorts, and we've seen this in the past where Mark gets a little mad and starts, you know, filing like crazy. And we've heard other opinions and questioning of what he's doing. Now, he's now requesting a dismissal of the grand jury indictment, and he says since there is a stay in Lori's case. Now, the stay halts all proceedings, any proceedings, uh, until her psychological treatment is completed, which, like I said, we find that out this week sometime. And Sam Newton, who I mentioned before, is the expert lawyer and teacher, he states that the motion Mark filed could actually hurt the defense and says, weak motions can lead to problems down the road. He also says, it's very, very unclear what Mr. Means is trying to argue. That doesn't prevent the state from pursuing additional charges. You're just opening a Pandora's box when you have unqualified attorneys or people who don't know because capital litigation is very different than felony litigation. And here's what the order says. The order for stay regarding all proceedings against the defendant was provided and served on counsel for defendant and the state prosecution in this matter on or about March 8, 2021. Despite this personal knowledge notice to the state, the state ignored said order and acted in violation of this order and organized, conducted, caused to occur illegal proceedings against said defendant. There is no plausible argument regarding this blatant violation of the court's order to stay. The supercilious actions taken by the state slash prosecution in direct violation and contempt of this court's previous orders to stay warrant the issues of a dismissal of the above case and sanctions to be issued against state and prosecution. Wherefore, defendant rightfully requests this matter be dismissed forthwith and sanctions, costs, fees be issued against the state and prosecution. Now, Mark is also pretty ticked off about money he says that he has incurred. A few days ago, he filed a motion, another one, and it was a motion to compel. He claims because of the prosecution's lack of professionalism, that's what caused him $4,000. Here's what the motion said. On June 21st, 2021, having not received any email, phone call, or the like that this notice was not adequate, defense counsel awoke at 4 a.m. and traveled to Fremont to ensure he was timely in respect to the employees of the Fremont court system and to allow plenty of time for transfer of records and materials to the newly purchased hard drive purchased by defense counsel. Counsel arrived at 10 a.m. and was greeted by the receptionist. Counsel introduced himself and requested the materials be made available to allow for copies, etc. Secretary then had an assistant, legal assistant, paralegal telephone prosecuting attorney Blake. After one voice message left for attorney Blake, Blake called back with apparent instructions that they would provide responses in July and provide their own hard drive. Prior to the statement that morning, this was not communicated as the only attempted method of discovery compliance. After defense counsel expressed a bit of frustration at lack of communication and requested again the records material be provided that day, the deputy district attorney came out of her office, graciously introduced herself, and said everything had been produced in the other case, which is the Fremont conspiracy case against defendant Lori Daybell, with the exception they were awaiting records from the attorney general's office. I reiterated the previous multiple statements of Mr. Wood back in October of 2020, where he said he had murder evidence and would not turn it over at that time. I stated, you have not even provided the autopsy of Ms. Daybell. 
I was told it was not relevant to Lori's case. Obviously, I disagree and stated you have not even provided that to Mr. Pryor, so there is no way you have provided everything in your possession with the exception of the Attorney General materials. Again, I was assured that all evidence had been turned over with the exception of items to be produced by the Attorney General. I said I was going to see my clients as a result of no production at that time. That would be back in two hours and would like to receive what is available to date and not previously produced. At noon, I called Fremont County Prosecutor's Office and was instructed to call Attorney Blake. At about 12.15, I called Attorney Blake and left a message requesting a call back ASAP to discuss the matter that I was going to wait for her return phone call. After being denied the materials and waiting until approximately 2 p.m. for a call from Blake, I began the five-hour drive home. To date, no response or communications. As a result of the discovery requests noticed above, my notice failure of any communications by the prosecuting office, my office incurred 11 and one half, 11.5 at $325 an hour, of legal fees minus two hours to meet with client, which was not going to happen if production by prosecution had occurred. 728 miles times 0.58 round trip of travel and purchase of hard drive day before to effectuate transfer slash production of $186.32. Total costs and fees of $422.24 of mileage plus $3,737.50 plus $186.32 equals $4,346.06. These fees and costs would not have been incurred unnecessarily if state had complied with the above rules of law provided notice and or responses to reschedule, etc. The refusal to comply with the Idaho rules of criminal procedure, bad faith and lack professionalism is shocking. Now, in another document filed on August 11th, Mark filed a motion stating he requested information, provided a detailed list of discovery violations, missing documents, records, exhibits, recordings, reports, and the such was provided to the state. To date, no response to either the discovery requests or good faith letter. Now, he includes in the motion the letter to the prosecution requesting a large list of these items. Here's what the document says, dated July 15th, 2021. Dear prosecutors, after a review of the July 15th discovery, the following is inadequate, lacking, or missing regarding the above dated production. Given your unilateral selection of an extension from the original due date in June 2021 to July 15, 2021, I'm requesting complete discovery responses by no later than 5 p.m. July 21st, 2021. Additional motions to compel will follow if any or all the following as well as any other evidence withheld and not produced in its entirety. Number one, Tamara Daybell, autopsy report, please see second motion to compel. Production lacked reports, notes, photographs from date of exhumed to present. Number two, October 20th, 2020, which was produced on July 15, 2021. Interview with Melanie Gibb clearly identifies prior conversation with Mr. Wood to this interview. Please identify all parties of the prosecution and policy present for this interview. Also, please provide any and all records, reports, notes, communications, etc. involving Ms. Gibb, Mr. Wood, investigators, detectives, etc. regarding this interview and or any other interview slash communications slash text slash emails, etc. involving Ms. Gibbs. Furthermore, Ms. Gibb states that Mr. Wood recommended she put out a video that it was a good video. 
Please identify and produce this video and the communications, dates, times, locations, persons present and or privy to the communications regarding this video. Please produce all communications between Ms. Gibb and the following individuals. All detectives, investigators, prosecutors, other person of witnesses, witnesses, person of witness or written witnesses, etc. If there was verbal statements without corresponding written communications, please identify location of communications, persons present, notes, reports, etc. Also, detectives identified they called Ms. Gibb routinely. Please provide corresponding reports, notes, phone records, text messages, emails, etc. regarding all communications with Ms. Gibb and anyone associated with the state's investigation in this matter. It is further identified that Ms. Gibb has communicated on Mr. Wood's personal cellular telephone. Please provide phone records illustrating phone calls, text messages, emails, and all telephone numbers. Telephone carriers associated with these communications and any corresponding reports, notes, records resulted from this communication. Number three, journal. What appears to be a journal slash diary of various persons does not identify the author and withholds the journal in its entirety. Please identify author or authors of the journals and produce the entire journal slash diary. Number four, please identify any and all persons, communications, records, and the like of investigators, prosecutors, detectives, etc. that have engaged in any disparaging remarks regarding any and all defense attorneys, the defendants, and or off-record communications with witnesses, persons of interest. Number five, regarding Miss Regan Price, June 9th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, 2021. Please produce prior interviews and or reports cited in interview. Please produce any and all reports, records, text, voicemails, emails, videos, photographs, etc. regarding produced report. Identify all persons' identity involved in taking of said interviews. Identify all previous and post-communications, statements, records, reports, notes with this witness or witnesses to this interview, written, verbal, tangible, intangible between law enforcement and this person. Identify all previous to recording communications, written or verbal, between law enforcement and this person. She refers to previous interviews with Ron of law enforcement and Mr. Robert Wood. Please provide. And in brackets, she makes statements regarding hearing a gunshot on day of raccoon shooting. Please identify any and all records identify her physical location at the time of the shooting. Number six, regarding Mr. Coulter Cannon, June 10th interview produced on July 15th. Please produce prior interviews and or reports cited in interview. Please produce any and all reports, records, text, voicemails, emails, voice, videos, photographs, etc. regarding produced report. And then it goes on to say, identify all persons, identity, um, just like before. And then it says, please identify who took the recording of this interview and stated in front of Mr. Cannon, the interview is regarding the attempted shooting of Tammy Daybell. Any previous interview statements, records, communications between Mr. Cannon and any person associated with the prosecution in this matter. Please produce the on-body camera, car camera recordings associated with the day this person was on the scene of the paintball shooting. 
please produce this person's report, notes, records, communication, etc., associated with this person's statement or records. Please provide dispatch recording of Tammy Daybell statements regarding the paintball incident. Please produce any and all tangible, intangible evidence regarding attempted shooting of Tammy and or paintball gunshots. Any interviews, reports, records, notes, videos, or the like of any person of knowledge regarding this alleged shooting incident. Record of interview of older gentlemen referenced in interview. Record of interview with Joe chopping wood across street at time of alleged shooting. All FBI and or law enforcement documents, records, etc. of investigation regarding this incident. Number seven, regarding Kathy Brown, June 10th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, 2021. And then it has that disclaimer of produced prior interviews. It says, please produce the interview records and the like, etc. of January 2020, first search warrant regarding search of Mr. Daybell's property, interview with Jeff Brown, references ERT investigation, question mark. Please produce all associated with this ERT. All records, text messages, and the like regarding persons of paintball activity in the area. She references a text message she gave to law enforcement. Interview cuts off midstream at 701 after discussion of text message of kid in area with paintball gun. Number eight, regarding Matt and Heather Daybell, June 11th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, 2021. Again, it's repetitive. And then it says, Identify all previous and post communications to this interview, statements, records, rep, reports, notes with these witnesses to this interview, written, verbal, tangible, intangible between law enforcement and Matt and or Heather Daybell. All communications, records, text, voicemails, emails, and the like between Detective Hope and these witnesses evidenced by statements of Mr. Daybell. All evidence, records, reports, videos, etc. that supports that the interviewer's stated theory of that they can prove Chad is guilty of alleged murder of Tamara Daybell. All emails allegedly to have been sent by Mr. Chad Daybell in the possession of Mr. Daybell that was provided to law enforcement by Mr. Daybell. Please produce the recording or records of interview of Daybell children by this interviewer on or about June 10th, 2020. All medication, medical counseling, psychological depression records of Miss Tamara Daybell at least two years prior to death. Identify all medical professional and treating professionals for Miss Tamara Daybell. Previous interview records, reports, videos, text, emails, etc. with a detective with Heather Daybell. All communications between Detective Hope of Rexburg PD and his statements and records of statements to Daybell, including but not limited to protecting them Daybells. Detective Ball's interview and records with Samantha. All communications between Detective Dave Hope and Matthew and Heather Daybell as stated in interview. Again, interview cuts off mid-sentence. Please provide interview in its entirety. Number nine, regarding Ryan Bradshaw, Jody Whitney Aspen. June 11, 2020, interview produced on July 15th. Identify all previous to recording communications written and verbal between law enforcement and this person. Interview starts and ends mid-sentence. A second interview for 1.45 minutes is as previous interview started and ends mid-sentence. Also, uh, please produce in its entirety and or explain why portions of interview are missing, not produced. Number 10, regarding Jack and Sheila Daybell, June 16, 2020. Interview produced on July 15, 2021. Identify all persons' identity involved in taking of said interviews. Identify all previous and post communications, statements, records, reports, notes with these witnesses to this interview, written, verbal, tangible, intangible, 
between law enforcement and this person or persons. Identify all previous to recording communications written verbal between law enforcement and this persons. Please produce statements, verbal, nonverbal, written, not written, recorded, and or the like, i.e. jailhouse recordings, etc. of Chad Daybell regarding but not limited to the death of Tamara Daybell prior to arrest of arrest and or post-arrest of Mr. Chad Daybell. Interview ends mid-sentence. Please produce in its entirety. Then in bold, it says, please produce all unauthorized, non-disclosed recordings, notes, records, photograph, videos, and the like of this witness and any other witness person of interest created by investigative authorities. Please identify the specific device used to create these records, the person creating said records, and the like. Please produce all statements to persons of interest and or witnesses by Rexburg Police, Fremont, Madison County, Idaho Attorney General, and or any other investigative authority expressing their opinions, facts, disparaging comments, allegations regarding the defendants. Please produce all Fremont County Coroner and or Fremont County reports, evidence, records, videos, notes, charts, and or the like regarding the passing of Tamara Daybell. Please produce any and all records of payments, cash payments to Daybell children by Chad Daybell. Please produce all statements of Daybell children regarding the timing and effectuation of the funeral of Miss Tamara Daybell. Please identify each and every burner telephone, telephone number, cell phone carrier, suspected slash alleged owner slash purchaser of said phone, any and all GPS information acquired from said phone, telephone records, and each and every communications from said burner telephone. Number 11. Regarding Faye Harris, July 29th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, please produce the interview in its entirety as it ends mid-sentence. Number 12. Regarding John Ox, July 29th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, any and all emails, text sent by Miss Tamara Daybell regarding relationship with Mr. Chad Daybell and or current charges, for example, an email the night before passing of Mrs. Daybell. Isn't that interesting? Number 13, regarding Margaret Brown, July 29th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, 2021. Interview begins mid-sentence. Please produce in its entirety any and all other evidence of spiritual visitation of Mrs. Tamara Daybell to this witness. Number 14, regarding Melanie Gordon, July 29th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th. The, this witness makes reference to four odd gentlemen attending the memorial of Mrs. Tamara Daybell. These individuals attended without their wives, did not appear to be friends of family per witness. Please identify these individuals and produce and any and all evidence of these individuals. Interview again ends mid-sentence. Please produce this in its entirety. Number 15. Regarding Stephanie Peralta, July 29, 2020, interviewed on July 15th, interview appears to end mid-sentence with a question for witness. Please produce in its entirety. Please produce data, log files, exercise files, step records, and the like from Mrs. Tamara Daybell Fitbit watch, program, and or device similar used by Mrs. Tamara Daybell, as well as any medical records, physical exams, at least two years prior to her passing, list of all medical providers from date of relocation to Sugar Rexburg, Idaho from Springville, Utah. Please produce any and all records, notes, communications, and the like involving persons of knowledge and witness Julie Rowe. 16, regarding Angela Johansson, July 29th, 2020, interview produced on July 15th, any and all communication between this witness and Mrs. Tamara Daybell. 17, regarding Shanna Miller, July 29th, 2020, produced on July 15th. 
please produce the previous interview of this witness by Bruce as identified in this interview. Interview ends mid-sentence. Please provide entire interviews. All exercise slash attendance records from Jim entitled High Fitness referenced in interview for Mrs. Tamara Daybell. All communication records and the like from the parents and or siblings of Mrs. Tamara Daybell. Please produce any and all records of homeopathic type medicine or treatments engaged by Mrs. Tamara Daybell. Therapist identification and records of Mrs. Tamara Daybell. Please produce any and all evidence that is supportive or contrary of the multiple witness statements of paintball gun incident with Mrs. Tamara Daybell that would support your theory of attempted shooting of Mrs. Tamara Daybell with a lethal weapon, i.e. gun. In reviewing previous discovery production, the following is requested to be produced in working format. If you wish for my office to provide you a hard drive or to pick up this information, please advise upon receipt of letter. Missing audio or video recordings from key interviews or event, Within the various police summary compilations are several interviews and interactions that do not have accompanying audio or video segments. They are listed below, grouped according to the provide report they appear in. And then it has Melanie Gibbs, phone call with Ray Hermosillo, Dave Hope assisting in questioning Chad Daybell at Lori's place, Dave Hope interviewing Joseph and Emma Murray at Central Elementary in Sugar City, Ron Ball and Rick Schmidt meeting with Jason Gulliam at Springville Police Department, Ron Ball, Ray Hermosillo, and others meeting with Matt and Heather Daybell at Rexburg PD. Randy Reese interviewing April Raymond via phone call. Randy Reese interviewing Annie Cushing via phone call. Body cam footage of Lori Daybell's arrest in Princeville, Hawaii. Body cam footage of Ron Ball, Rob Wood confronting Chad Daybell after Lori's arrest. Dave Hope interviewing Principal Williams at Kennedy Elementary. Rick Schmidt interviewing Matt Daybell about storage unit footage. Body cam of Chad and Lori being detained and questioned in separate police cars in Hawaii. David Stubbs interviewing Heather Daybell and Maggie Daybell Hope. Chuck Consadis interviewing Craig Huff via phone call. Melanie Gibb phone call with Ray Hermosillo about casting out spirits. Chuck interviewing Mike and Nancy Jones, founders of Preparing of People. Seth Bernard, who's the neighbor of Lori. Um, in number 176 mentions in an interview that he and his wife Leah had previously been interviewed by David Stubbs. Matt and Regan Price interview about fires in Daybell's field. That'll be interesting. Shanna Miller mentions being previously interviewed by Fremont County Detective Bruce Mattingly. There's no record of that interview or any others he may have conducted with school employees. And Melanie Gibb testifies she met with Rob Wood and other officers on Saturday, August 1st, 2020, in Wood's office before the preliminary hearing. Please provide detailed conversation, notes, records, presence of persons at this conversation. Melanie Gibb talked to the FBI two or three times in early 2020. Please provide no reports given. June 9th, 2020, Dave Hope stood nearby using a body cam pointed at Chad Daybell and Emma Murray as they talked while Chad was handcuffed in a police car and then brackets, video report notes, etc. February 18th, 2021, Garth Daybell was detained and questioned for a half an hour in his classroom at Madison Junior High by Vincent Kanikaman and Ricky Wright. May 17th, 2021, Garth Daybell was detained and questioned at Rexburg PD for six hours from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. by Ron Ball, Vincent K., Hermosillo, and Mattingly. His wife, Kara, was also detained and not allowed to leave. Well, that's super interesting. And then there was discovery items listed with missing information. Adam Cox interview, summaries there, but videos missing. 
Zach Cox interview summaries there, videos missing. It says there's some PDFs that are corrupted and Rexburg PD drone images of Daybell property by Dave Hope won't open. FBI photos of Daybell fire pit have a written log, but the actual photo is not included. Audio issues, um, it goes on. Uh, Angeline Law, September 15, 2020 interview contains Natalie McGee audio instead. Tammy Gee's interview doesn't work or Tammy G. No transcript provided. Craig Huff interview by Ball and Wood doesn't have a transcript. And Melanie Gibbs, June 3rd, 2020 interview is labeled June 4th and is only 20 minutes long, missing first section. If you have any questions or issues of which you wish to discuss, please contact my office upon receipt of this letter. Please provide full and complete working files, records, and the like by no later than 5 p.m. July 27th, 2021. Mark included that in his motion to compel and that's in its entirety. He hasn't received it or that's what he's claiming. So we'll see what the response is from the prosecution. Now, you may or may not have heard, but at the end of July, the prosecution dropped the destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence charges against Lori and Chad. And according to East Idaho News, it said, the dismissal of the other cases allow prosecutors to better focus on the new charges with more serious penalties. Now, let me know your thoughts overall of what's been happening here. The new motions, Mark Means, the death penalty, and do you think that Lori's going to come back as competent, or do you think they'll have to do the extension for another 180 days? Let me know your thoughts below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.